Ladies and gentlemen, it is back. It is time. Your favorite show has returned to the airwaves. I'm John Browner. I'm joined by Jason Lawhead. This is also known as Browner and Lawhead. And we've been gone. Yeah. For what feels like forever. Yeah. It feels like forever in this in this setting. But we are back. We are here. We were doing the quote unquote big show. We were doing the Kaplan and Cruz show. And so we didn't feel like there was a need for us to give you another hour after listening to three hours. And so we took our Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday last week off. But we are back on a crispy, crispy football Monday. Jason, what's up? What's up, bro? I'm wearing my It's Kaplan and Crew uh, hoodie weather. So it's yeah, already, it's already yeah. that temperature in the studio, home studio. So, yeah, man, good to be back. Brown and Law, like you said, we've been together and actually working more uh, right. on, on the other show. But, yeah, first show since I left for Spain and turned 50. So it's my it's my first Brown and Law head post 50. And How do you uh, feel? I feel good, man. You know, I feel great. Uh, it did a good deed today. Uh, my wife and I are getting a new dining room table. So uh, that was coming. And so I was just kind of taking some uh, chairs out to the uh, area that was kind of where the dump is. And if, you know, it's pretty good, still in good shape. The old dining room furniture had it for a while, but kept good care of it. I actually brought it. I actually brought it into the marriage, uh, into the relationship. I've I've had the dining room table longer than I've had a relationship with my wife. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, um, and so anyway, there was a guy out there who had just moved in and he was kind of like him and his wife. They were like, Oh yeah, man, furniture's either out of stock. He's like, it looks pretty good. Can we, I'm like, yeah, man, if you want to take it. So I helped him take the chairs, got the big table out without having to break it down because I was going to have to take the legs off one at a time. Maybe right. he was going to put the bolts in a bag, tape it to the thing if anybody wanted it or it was going to go out. And so I feel good because I helped the guy. He, you know, We carried it together, went way back to the property to his apartment, took it up there, helped him put it up. And uh, yeah, so... You know, you you do something good. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Things not going that into a landfill. You, you know, literally I, the definition of what you just did. Exactly. And and the good thing is, is like you know, I'm not like, hey, Johnny, Mister Environmentalist. I I want to live in a clean planet, sure. So it felt good to be like, yeah, man, this thing isn't just getting thrown into the trash and just being another piece of crap on top of another piece of crap. So you are hey. literally describing the the married man's life. Yeah. Like, yo, me and my wife are getting a new dining table. Yeah, I know, right? And I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. What? I'm so yeah, excited. Man, me and my, me and my wife are getting a new dining table. I just had my 50th birthday. Well, Browner, I've had that th- table. I've had that table since my apartment way back in Hollywood. And um, it's a good, durable table. Obviously, it's uh, 13 years old. I got you it. You gave in. up on it, man. You gave but, up on you know, it. But, you know, I got to get tired of looking at it. You get tired and table. so it's just like, oh my God, like at some point, even though it's been durable and it's been, you know, functional, it's a high top pub tables around it. So it's large enough to have, a, you know, plates out on it and eat for, and, um, you know, it's just like, but it's to the hey. point where it's like, uh-uh, no more, as I can't a, look at as, it. As a married man, happily married man, mm-hmm. giving the explanation why he let go of his 13-year-old dining table. <laughs> It's simply because I got tired of looking at it. Yeah. That's well, why most men get divorced. I got hilarious. tired of looking at her. It's that's been 13 hilarious. years. I, had to, yeah. I took her out, gave her to the guy across the street. That's funny. Legs you know, aren't I, as sturdy as they used to be. You know, I, I mean, she's all nicked up. I mean, you know. <laughs> I, I helped him get her up the stairs. You know, it's going to be nice. It's going to be great. 
Ah, I gave her to say she's somebody else's problem. No, right, right, anyway, right. That's hilarious. Then he taking care of her, so you know, whatever. Uh, Dinner's on him. Great. Yeah, so I feel good. It's a good day. I feel good. Fifty, and uh, yeah, man, looking forward to the rest of this football season. What basketball has to tell us and show us the rest of the year as well. So, um, before you know it, the Padres will be back in spring training. So, yeah, man, I'm excited about it all. I I, I think we have uh, luxury in sports that oftentimes get looked over these things called moral victories, okay? I'm going to tell you why moral victories are important for certain organizations. Because for me, I've been watching the Chicago Bears quarterbacking situation since I was, I don't know, probably digestible nine. Since nine. I can remember at nine going, "What? we're not good at this. What's wrong? <laughs> well, I'm watching Brett Favre throw dimes and then Aaron turn into Aaron Rodgers. And I'm still sitting here going, the Vikings even had a run with Dante Culpepper. And I'm looking at Jake Cutler was the best we got. Now, I find myself at the altar of one Justin Fields. And I got to tell you, man, it's pretty sweet. If this is what it's like to have a quarterback, damn it, I I, I hate the Bears organization. Because we haven't won a game in, in three we what we lost three of the last four games in which we've scored over 30 points. He's been utterly spectacular and we just can't seem to get the wins. And so you have to watch this and take more victories as a sports fan, because you know, we're not good enough to win. So we should probably be losing for draft position. But when you have found yourself the quarterback, which is the hardest part to find, you think everything else can fall in place. And if you get, the third or the fourth pick, because right now I think they're slated at the fourth pick, if I'm not mistaken. So many, there's so many teams with the same record. I'm trading down. I'm trading down. I'm trading down because this draft's got four quarterbacks that are probably going to go in the top eight, which means top five because people jump over each other for quarterbacks. I hate to see them lose, man, but it's a, it's for it's like a donation. It's for it's Jason's table all over again. It's for yeah. a good cause. It's yeah, helping that's someone hilarious. else. So, you know, shout out to the Chicago Bears for finding Justin Fields and 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 Matt Eberflus and 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 the offensive coaching staff for figuring out how to unlock this thing, man, because he is unbelievable. But you gotta make it you make a great point in the sense that you've gotta go get guys around him now and you gotta you show to. that you're committed because he's gonna get tired of this. He knows he's starting to hear it. We're talking he about it. Is. And I'm and I'm our and I'm starting to get on the agreeable train more and more. I don't think the running is sustainable at this rate but he's still going to be he's still going to be a runner look you're looking at these stats and even though the record's terrible and they've lost to some teams where you went oh god how do you look they you know they beat the packers whatever the thing is is when you look at these stats that he's putting up and as they grow and as he adapts to learning how he has to play quarterback especially for this team right now when he is throwing the football this guy is probably the biggest playmaker they've had since Walter Payton. I mean, he's busted him yesterday, 67-yard run. I mean, we're talking about big game. He's the only big play playmaker this team has had in a very very long long. time at a very key position, right? They've had some great defensive players over the years. Your locker came in, you know, whatever. But we're talking about playmaker with the ball in the – and and they better get something around him quick because he's going to get tired of it quick. And you don't want a Justin Fields 
that's truculent and then, you know, all standoffish and starting to be right. like, where can we go with this instead of Chicago? He but he's, set he's the, playing he, great. And, and yeah, he set the single game rushing record for a quarterback last week and almost broke that record again this week by he's fell short by 20 yards. But this argument that the the running isn't sustainable, I'm I'm totally on board with it. And by the way, so is the entire Chicago Bear coaching staff. Right. But there's nowhere else to go. To me, I don't think we've ever seen a guy run this fast, be this big, but he, he hasn't had a chance to show it, but he has accuracy as a thrower. The problem is he got two seconds to throw, and the route takes three seconds. You name the route. It takes three seconds. He's got two seconds to throw the ball. It's not working out. It's yeah. not working out. So the passing numbers aren't there, but the numbers are there as a total. And as a offense, what you want to look at is total yards. He's getting he had four touchdowns and over 300 total yards. And so it evens out. And by the way, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, next year, number one fantasy pick. Guy had 50 points back-to-back weeks. I know. I think we've got a new fantasy king, man. And even though this is bad for them right now, and it's just like this could kind of be a blessing in disguise that he almost has to learn how to play the quarterback position forced this way to th- when he has to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So when he starts getting good football players and, and play callers around him, guess what? He's going to have a version of how to escape, how to be really good in the moments when good defenses break you down and the ability to run. He'll have to run less, but the ability to be able to still run. See, he's he's kind of what we all thought Jameis Winston was going to be. But see, Jameis Winston was hard to bring down in college, but he wasn't blazing fast off the pivot, off the plant, off the switch in the foot, off the shake, where Justin Fields is fast. He's fast for the NFL. So Mm -hmm. he's hard to bring down because he's hard to catch. Jameis Winston isn't hard to catch. So Jameis Winston had to rely on throwing the ball more early in his career because he realized, look, even when I get out in open space, I'm not fast enough. And these guys are big. They're not, you know, ACC guys that are trying to. So he was hard to bring down, kind of like Vince Young was hard to bring down in college. But unless you're. But Justin Fields is fast. He's and he can cut on the field like a like a great running back. So. Uh, this kind of could be a blessing in disguise. Hopefully, he can he can see it as that, and and you know the Bears could put some people around him because you know right now post Rogers, this this division is for the taking of like what's the future of this division, and the Bears have the quarterback of the future of the division. But is he going to be on the right team with the right guys? I gotta when you when you start talking about things basically falling into place, it's falling out of place for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Last night's game, Justin Herbert's great. We all know Justin. We have there has been a consistency, a consensus developed about Justin Herbert. He is great. He is a top five, top seven quarterback, depending on the list that you put out. But you can't put a top ten list out without him being in the top seven. You can't do that. So we now have an understanding about how good he is. What has constantly seemed to plague this organization since I got to San Diego, which was in two thousand. The injuries utterly kneecapped this franchise time after time after time, which is now, even with these injuries, they're five and four now, but they went into the game five and three. It seems that all these other teams that have the Josh Allens have a coach that levels out what they're doing. Josh, Mc, not Josh McDaniel, I'm sorry, uh, Mike McDaniel, 
the Dolphins coach, seems to have figured out the Tua situation. Uh, 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 Matthew Stafford helped tremendously, tremendously by Sean McVay. I think he's not getting help. I think he's not getting help. And people keep saying, oh, how much more help does he need? He's got Mike Gallons. He's got Keenan. He's got Keenan Allen. He got. I'm talking about from the coaching side of the ball. Because last night to not score in the second half because you were concussed. And if you saw the video, which I can't pull up because I don't want the show to get taken down. He took a hit squarely helmet to helmet. And I mean squarely helmet to helmet. And it just. I, as a as a football coach, you have to have something else in your bag mm-hmm. when your guy's not having his best game. Mm-hmm. And in the second half, he wasn't having his best game, and they had no other, they had nothing else to go to. Yeah, they ran nineteen plays in the second half, punted three times, turned it over on downs once, and threw an interception. That was their that was their whole second half possessions right there. Um, and what Steve Young said the other day, we talked about on Kaplan and crew. I don't know if you guys talked about it earlier, but basically what Steve Young said the other day was last night's game. Yeah, pretty much. Everything that basically Steve Young said about the chargers, about Herbert, about the whole situation was played out in last night's game. And, uh, San Francisco runs for how many yards? 170 or something like that. And McCaffrey only gets like. McCaffrey gets like 38. Yeah, you know, he doesn't even do anything except score that touchdown. But so um here's the, here's the I'm gonna play the hit because just look at that. Yeah. Look at look at that hit, man. I don't know if what the medical tent situation is. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, that's, you, I mean, yeah. you got a guy already with cracked ribs, just getting his bell rung. And after that hit, because no one should be. After that hit, he just wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah, that hit looks worse on Monday than it does. Doesn't it? Because, like, I guess you're watching that hit, even on replay, you're seeing it with a bunch of hits. You've been watching hits all night, right? Right. It's like, it's kind of like, it's just kind of like, kind of like one of the flowers inside of a whole bushel of flowers. Yeah, they all look beautiful. It's a a brighter flower, sure, but there's all a bunch of them around it. Now you look at it in slow motion on Monday, and it's just like you're talking, and there's nothing, and you're like, whoa, man. Yeah, that thing was, that thing was vicious. Um, So, yeah, but getting back to it, like the Chargers as a whole, though, right? Like, that that was the point. You almost knew what was going to happen. They weren't going to be able to run the ball, and they weren't going to be able to stop the run. And then everything else that could go wrong went wrong with Herbert and the offense, and San Francisco just does what they do. They just dig in, and they're just like, you know, they're just – they don't – you know, they don't even – they 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 beat you in a game. You look like and go. How did how do you lose to a team that scores twenty two points? How do you do that? And but they do that. They they win games with the amount of points where you go. Ooh, you got to beat a team that's only scores eighteen or I mean, twenty two. As bad as it's falling out of place for the for the Chargers, it seems to be falling into place for the Forty ers mm-hmm. Like they're the weaponry that they have on offense, and with Kyle Shanahan's ability to kind of move things around and 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 pre-snap i the only way they don't i think the only way they don't make it to the super bowl is because of jimmy garoppolo and jimmy garoppolo's got you to the super bowl and to the nfc championship game last year so any doubts that people have about him being consistent now will he show up in the big moment that's a kirk cousins level conversation but right. can he get you there yes he can will he finish the job i don't think so 
which which is the whole Trey Lance thing. That's why Trey Lance is is there. I mean, not there, but there because people don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo can finish the deal. I think this season's going to go a long way for him because what I saw on Sunday night is they're not asking him to save the world. They're not asking him to be Superman. They're like, be Alfred. Just be Alfred. Yeah. Keep the car running. Keep the plane. Absolutely. Flying. Keep the suit clean. Uh-huh. That's it, bro. Keep the clean. Keep the cave. You know. Keep the computers yeah. plugged in. Don't go fight the Joker. We'll take care of that. Yeah, let Don't Debo. Worry. Let Debo do that. Right. Don't worry about the Riddler. We got that. Let you Bosa. Sure let Bosa get that. Yeah. Right. We. You make sure when we fly home, you got the band aids ready, you got the computer working, <laughs> and you got the food warm. Right. That's all we need from you. That's it. And that's really what they're going to have to kind of, you know, that's really his role. His role is not screw up a game Bosa and Debo dominates because that's who our MVPs are going to be. If we get into that NFC title game and into that Super Bowl mix, we're going to be the champions because those guys in those positions are what were the game changers. Just don't change that game. Don't ruin that game that right. they change. So if and he, you know, like you know, they were very close to beating the Chiefs in that Super Bowl, and then he went and kind of, you know, helped ruin the. He helped ruin the game that they that they ruined for the Chiefs. So, uh, and this is a year we've talked about it. Like this is a year where nobody's really standing out. You're seeing it again and again with the Bills. If anybody's kind of standing out, if there's a team that after yesterday and you collectively look at over over the course of the it's i'm sitting here going man these dolphins i, I wouldn't want to play them i wouldn't want to play the miami dolphins let's you know what i'm glad you brought that up because i want to i mean there was we weren't going in that direction but right. we're going to go in that direction now because i'm not a believer in minnesota and i'm not a believer in miami it's miami playing mm-hmm. great absolutely undeniable is 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 uh minnesota playing great absolutely it's undeniable but I've watched Minnesota. I've watched Minnesota twice now, and I've watched the Dolphins three times. I'm going to tell you right now: some defensive coordinator is going to make his money by telling his DBs, "If they beat you, don't watch them. Find the ball. Tua's deep ball has been well discussed. It's terrible. It never makes it on time. So if you're a defensive back," They've got to be sitting in these meeting rooms looking at all his deep balls going, Waddle has to stop to catch them. Tyreek has to stop to catch them. Find the ball. You will get interceptions on their deep balls. Because I, against the Browns, it didn't look, I didn't see the game. It looked ugly. But I just watched them play the Bears where Tua threw a deep ball that could have shut the game down. It didn't make it. And Jalen Johnson got his hand on it. Who he was, by the way, Beat by a mile, but the ball's thrown so underthrown, you can catch up to it. So I, I'm not buying them. And if we're one Josh Allen fumble at the, the one yard line for people talking different about the Vikings today. So I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that you know, I, when you, I'm not sold on the Vikings yet. You know, obviously, uh, I think that the NFC's a, a weaker side. Philadelphia at eight and zero is yeah. isn't probably your typical eight and zero. But you know, we'll see how they keep going. I mean, eight and zero, they might turn into nine and zero by the time tonight's over. And then you know, you, before you know it, you, you're playing, uh, you're playing kind of just on house money at that point. So you're really playing loose and ten and zero, eleven and zero could come um but 
uh, yeah, I mean, the the, the 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 big thing getting back to the Chargers is, you know, there's a lot of just op- there's so much you know, open ground out there to take, especially in a season like this. It's disappointing that the Chargers are where they are with what they thought they had mm-hmm. in a in a AFC that was expected to be really really tough and brutal, their own division, and they expected big things, and then things have not been you know, as advertised, there's a lot of room for anybody that's playing well to jump in there and be the team. Uh, and they're just, they're just sitting back and, and you know, um, regressing. So there's, there's a, um, uh, uh, question about coaching in the NFL. And if you are a fan of the Raiders and you just got beat by a guy who basically got off a bar stool from drinking with his friends and beat you we got to talk about it next on Browner and Lawhead Mightier 1090 ESPN baby what's up Browner and Lawhead right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN if you guys missed anything on the first half of the show you can always head over to iTunes and YouTube under Captain and Crew and like share and subscribe we are here Monday through Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m home of the number one show and the Great Friends Podcast Network because we're the only other show in the Great Friends Podcast Network. But don't let that sway you, okay? This is a very good show. Uh, If you're just joining us, we broke down my obsession with Justin Fields and why I'm now praying at the Church of Fields. I even displayed our uh, glass window. In addition to that, we had a really interesting discussion about what the Chargers are facing versus what the 49ers are facing. Also, whether or not we believe in Tua and the Dolphins and the Vikings, and also we do a little bit of the Eagle sauce in there. So fly, Eagle, fly. Got more from them coming up tonight on Monday Night Football, which we should probably talk about too. Uh, I'm John Browner, as always, joined by my radio partner and comedic superstar. We'll be traveling to Thanksgiving on Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. get your tickets if you're yeah. in town. Jason Lawhead. What up? up? Yeah, got a uh, good one kicking off here. And... uh Washington's not as bad as I would have no. thought either. I mean, four no. and five in that division stepped up this year. Um, obviously, with the Giants playing well, Dallas playing through the injuries. Uh, so there's good records in that division. Um, but yeah, uh, we were talking, you know, that you were teasing it on the way in at Raiders loss. I mean, you can you think of a worse loss at a worse time? For a team that had so much, you know, oh man, we got Josh McDaniels, we got Devontae Adams, we just made the playoffs last year. We're, you know, da da da. We they went from this um, feel good success story in a short time at the end of last year in a small window when they rallied at the end of the season and got their way in and fought hard and almost became mm-hmm. darlings to a lot of just people in the NFL, and now people can't even look them in the eye. I want. We talked about this on the Kaplan Crew show, so I'm not going to repeat those things because there's so much. To, there's so much to talk about. What I, I I will share this about what and for all our Raider listeners out there, because a lot of people listen to the Raiders on this station. Shout out to the Silver and Black show. Mm-hmm. I look, man. There's so many things wrong with that organization. Okay, there's so many things wrong with that organization. What happened with Henry Ruggs last year was heartbreaking for all those involved. And then to have another guy off the team because of something that he did that skirted outside the lines of the law. And to have Derek, David Carr, Derek Carr, I never can remember which one he is, 
be the staple on that team. But I think the problem is, the problem is the coach you hired. Because that guy may be smart, but X's and O's, you have to be able to coach guys man-to-man before they will ever listen to anything you're doing, X's and Owen. They have to trust you as a man, man-to-man, before they ever hear you, X's and O. Because if the heart ain't in it, the mind will surely follow. That's how football works. You can be the smartest football player in, if, that ever put a helmet on. If your heart ain't in it, it won't matter. And you can watch this team. Their mind is there. The heart ain't. The heart's not there. That's why they can't. That's why they get bullied. That's why they can't fight past the the, the, the mistakes that the the Raiders have always been penalty heavy. Always. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who the coach is. They've always gotten penalties. That's kind of their thing. But even when they were great, yeah. they were they were. I mean, even their greatness back in the day when they they that's what they were known for was having the most penalties. But even if they won the Super Bowl that year, it that it's their thing. And so when you bring a head coach in who nobody likes, and by the way, nobody liked him before he got there. When he left Denver, nobody liked him. When he quit the job after eight hours for the Colts, nobody still liked him. And he brought that same nasty I know more than you attitude to the Las Vegas Raiders. And it's showing. This team's not this bad. Yes, they've got injuries. Every team's got injuries. Every team does. Few teams have the skill positions that they have. They're not this bad talent-wise. So when the talent don't add up, you can't blame everything on Carr. It's the coach, man. For me, with the Raiders, it's the coach. And I think you may be knee-deep in something that financially it may be too much for you to get out of. Yeah, you know, there's a culture in, in Raider football, and I just don't think he matches it. I just don't think he fits it. Kind of like what you were saying, you know, he kind of reminds me of kind of like David Spade and Tommy Boy, but just not funny. You know, like that that like that like unlikable yeah. little smug guy that's just kind of, you know, you work with him and he, you know, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and he might be, but that's not the way. You know, I just, I don't know. And there's something about, I just think, you know, you know, the Raider culture. And even though they were on hard times for a long time for, for, you know, their ups and downs and, you know, when Al died, Mark, Mark taking off, like there was still that Raider culture. And then it kind of re reinvented itself last year a little bit uh, the way. And then now, right. I just don't know if he, you know, he matches it. And, you know, I don't think that that's, you know, where the Raider, culture the raider winning is going to return to is a guy like that and i don't care if he really is a great x's and o's guy like you said there's so many other intangibles that i just don't think he matches and you know carr has been there for a while Devonte adams uh is proven that they brought him in and you know mcdaniel I, I don't know like it just doesn't seem like that's the guy you go get for what you're coming off of what you're bringing in who you're adding it to uh, you know, and it's two and seven. It ain't, it ain't, it doesn't look like it's getting any better when you, like you said, you lose to a, a team that's kind of in disarray, old quarterback guy that you just came off a bar stool, the coach, and just, okay, guys, let's go get him. And then they go get them. You know, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> they literally go get them. Like, I look, then let's, let's talk about that for a second. Not the fact that Jeff Saturday, you yeah, know, put his beer funny. down and say, hold my beer. That would be a great meme when Jeff Saturday game. hold my beer meme. Right. That would be great, yeah. Right. If 
you don't need a large, a more larger sign that you're in trouble. Sunday was the number one red flag that the Colts aren't good. Talk about a team, an organization, in utter disarray because the owner is a moron and doesn't seem to understand. I hire people to do what they do, not for me to tell them what to do. This ain't a Starbucks, bro. This ain't a Walmart, fam. You hired a head coach and Frank Wright for millions of dollars, not for you to tell him who should play quarterback. It's not why you hired him. You hired it for him to make that decision. And so you kneecap him. You get rid of Carson Wentz. You bring in Matt Ryan, who now apparently doesn't to be any better than Carson Wentz. So then you kick Carson Wentz. Then you kick Matt Ryan out to let the rookie play, who ain't good at all. Then you fire the coach. Then you hire your homeboy, who, when he said, hold my beer, passed it to you. And then he went back to Matt Ryan because, you know, He's the better quarterback. And you know how Jeff Saturday topped it off, people? Jeff Saturday put the cherry on the top at a press conference when he said, I just showed up and I told the guys, you know, do what we do what we paid you to do. You coach this, coach it. You 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 run this route, run the route. I'm just here to, you know, basically call timeouts. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what he said. That's what he said. So if you're if you if you get beat by that, you get beat by that, you're in trouble. You're in more trouble to the point Derek Carr's crying at your press conference because it hurts to play football. It hurts the physical body. It hurts. He goes, you you go you you don't know what it's like. What the guys have to do their bodies just to sleep. I don't care. I'm a fan, bro. I'm a fan. I don't care if it, if you limp the bed and you limp out. I don't. I don't care about that. Yeah. Yes. From the human aspect, that's that's bad. But guess what? You're lost, bro. You're lost. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's got to be killing a guy like Carr, who's just you know gone along for the bumpy ride with just the positivity of being the Raiders' quarterback yeah. and trying to build something in the last year, and then this year they had to be looking so forward to this year, right? You got to think that they were had looking to. at this year, and even to with get all Devontae the Devontae Adams. Oh, but even with all the all the predictors saying that's going to be the toughest division, everybody, you know, in Kansas City, and they were probably still looking at that, going, you know what, we're we're as good as Kansas City. We're gonna we're better than the Chargers. We beat them last year to go to the playoff. What are you talking about? We're better than the Broncos. Like, and they had to be thinking, man, this is going to be a year where we really, you know, we really stand out. And we're ahead of the pack, and we're one of those teams they're talking about every week until the playoffs, and then that's going to be. And to be two and seven has got to just be soul crushing. It, dude, it's got to be soul crushing. It has to. If you're if your car, it has to for him, because if there is a symbol of of martyrdom, right? If there is a symbol of a saint in the Raider organization, it's Saint Car. Like what he went through last year, people were like, you know what, the Raiders aren't so bad. Like, yeah, they're not they're not the person uh getting drunk and arrested anymore. Look at the guy who's leading them. Yeah. That's a good that's a good man. Right. Stop throwing touchdowns. Start losing games. Now what? F that guy. Get him out of here. Like I I I I'm in a loss for words for how drastic the turn has been 
for this organization. I mean, but should I be surprised that this happened to the Raiders? No, but I am. I am because I thought Devontae Adams would be the, the, the last piece of the puzzle for them offensively to be a juggernaut in the AFC, to be a juggernaut and compete in a division that we thought would be filled with a Hall of Fame quarterback and him being the only one not. And it's not. The division was for the taking or for second place, at least, because the Chiefs look like the Chiefs. And the Chargers have had their struggles because knock, knock, injuries. But it's sad to watch, man. It's sad to watch, and it's unfortunate that he cried, but I don't care, bro. I don't care. I don't care. The fans don't care either. Win. And since you can't win, you got to figure out something. You got to figure out something. Because if you're the owner, Jason, would you fire the head coach and just cut the check? Yeah, I mean, you're in a tough spot, right? Because this, I mean, you're two and seven, man. You just, like you said, you just lost to Jeff Saturday. You're torpedoing a season where you had so many expectations and you brought this guy in on this contract and you you kind of stuck your chest out on this hire to say, this is where we go. This is this is the guy. And we went out and got Devontae Adams. I mean, that's just not, I mean, you got, well, yeah, arguably the best, most sought out, wide receiver in football and, and one that's been one in a long time. I mean, this is bad. Um, you know, who do you put back in there? Right? Like God, you got to go to interim coaches back to back seasons. And, and then, you know, like, I, I mean, I guess I would probably at this point just say, look, I hired to get, we're, we're going to finish the year with this guy and see if anything can get turned around and just know that he's in the crosshairs and he's fired on day after, you know, hour after the last game, week 17, you know, whatever it is, know that like if this thing doesn't turn around and there, and there isn't something to look forward to at the end of the season to go, Hey, you know what? The guy finally fit in. Uh, the system's fitting in. Adams put up great numbers. We started beating some teams. We, we uh, will beat some teams with some winning records. But if I mean, you know, two and seven. If if you know, two and seven is five and eleven. I mean, six. You know, six and eleven. <sighs> you know, I'll I mean. Also, I'll, the the question I would pose to people: If you are, if people are going, Nathaniel Hackett in Denver is definitely fired. Like that's the that's basically what they're everybody's saying. They're just gonna let that thing run out. Right. We're gonna cut a check because we're mm -hmm. a Walmart family. We'll make that in a couple hours. Exactly. You know, selling whatever. Right. Exactly. We'll sell some How guns in the back. Yeah. Right. How could you know? We'll, we'll sell some brakes, some guns, yeah, a couple we'll of bikes. Exactly. It'll be fine. How can you not? How can you not have the same conversation about Josh McDaniels? How can you not? It's equally bad. It's it equally is. bad. And by the way, I think the Raiders were bet coming into the season. People thought the Raiders would be better than the Broncos. Oh, I think I, so. so. I think I think they a lot of people thought that the Raiders would be have their shot to challenge the Chiefs, just like a lot of people thought the Chargers would. I think people thought the Broncos would be good. I don't know if they were, you know, but yeah. I mean, of course. They were a playoff team last year. This is a whole new system. Wilson was coming into with a whole new coach. I mean, they were bringing a new coach in, right? To, to but but the Broncos weren't getting Devontae Adams either. The Ram, the Raiders traded coaches. That is it. That is all. They loved what happened last year so much. They brought everything back and added Devontae Adams 
to what they thought would be a guy coming from the Bill Belichick situation, where okay, now we we, we will have as as the famous we've said by uh, that fat ass guy, what's his name, uh, that coach Notre Dame. Oh, like, Charlie Weiss. <laughs> we're gonna have a schematic advantage every Saturday. You thought you were gonna have a schematic uh-huh. advantage every Sunday for the Raiders, and you don't. What kind of Brandon and Jacobs? You don't. You know how good that guy is. Jacobs, you know, you know how good he is. You know, you sit there and you go, I, I, I mean, how can you be this bad? And I mean, you, I mean, do, but do you really have to? Speaking of this bad as well, do you have to have that conversation about the Rams too? How can the Rams be this bad? Now you can talk what they did up to Super Bowl hangover. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily pointing at their failures because they won the Super Bowl last year, and it's very difficult to repeat. And they've had injuries, and because of the way that they built their roster. F those picks, they really don't have any stability underneath the guys that are out now. But when you were looking at what's happening with the Rams, it kind of falls in line with what's happening to the Raiders. But there, but there's such different approaches to it for one reason and one reason only because one team has a Super Bowl. Right. Nobody's talking about Sean McVay. Nobody's talking about the lack of success for Matthew Stafford now. Nobody's talking about where the hell is Aaron Donald. Nobody's talking about where the hell is Jalen Ramsey. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's calling anybody out because they won the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, they're circled on everybody's schedule, right? When you're the Super Bowl champs, mm-hmm. they did. They 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 got thinner in in serious situ you know positions, and so they had to come out and play really good football from the start and be playing it really well together. And they just didn't. And I don't think, I think yesterday was probably the knockout punch for the season. And I think that they probably look a lot like kind of the Lakers did right after that. They they just kind of look like, you know, if we weren't going to get out and get rolling, this was going to be one of those years, right guys? Like everybody had to be, you know, Stafford had to be in the MVP race. So, you know, these guys had, you know, um, they had to have that kind of a start and that kind of a season. And I just think that they've kind of, but you know, uh, contrast to the Raiders, they they've got the Super Bowl, right? They're still polishing the ring, right? They're still polishing the ring. They still yeah. got the young guy. They still got things this to be able to go. Look, look, we paid. We 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 paid because we went and got the things that we needed to get this Super Bowl. But guess what? We got it. We're not sitting here going, um, "What do we do now?" Because we did it and we did. So they've got. They still have the 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 luster of that carrying over more than the hangover that that's stronger. Now, next season mm-hmm. expectations are going to be back. They're going to be in spring training camp. They're still going to have the young coach that they like. They're still going to have the quarterback that's getting older, but you know, we're going with this guy and they've got Aaron Donald presumably and these and some other pieces. Now they got to go get pieces again and they got to get hungry again, but the Raiders are out of that. Like, okay, guys, you're hungry yet. You're not even going to look for the food anymore. I mean, what are you doing here? I mean, the Raiders are just, you're, they're, it's bleak. You know, what the, what the Rams are going through isn't bleak. The, uh, because of. Right. You well, you just kind of know, like, but like my meaning with the, with the ring, they're polishing. They still got a lot of talent there to turn into next year yeah. to try to get things back. You, like you cited, you know, everybody uh, hangover, everybody's, you know, dialing them up on the schedule. They want to beat the Rams. So it isn't bleak. It's a bad off season. You wish they, you know, but this is bleak what's going on for the Raiders. And talking about the Rams opponent, the Cardinals, you, you know, mm-hmm. I I like Kyler Murray. I really do. He appears to be 
a diva, and a diva mm-hmm. in the worst way. Colt McCoy, <laughs> Colt McCoy, followed the game plan, and ta-da, the Cardinals win. Yeah. Like, this was a late scratch for Kyler Murray. And so for Kyler Murray to, who, again, I think very highly of, to watch Colt McCoy just do what the coach asked him to do, and that looks like the offense that we saw Kyler Murray be an MVP candidate with. When he's out there, it doesn't look the same. And so I think the Cardinals also, I mean, this division is haywire. Seattle's in first. San Francisco seems to be kind of getting it together now. The Rams seem to be a shot fighter waiting for the last bell to ring in the 12th round. And the Cardinals look like they have a quarterback who would rather literally be playing the new Call of Duty than actually be playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to Colt McCoy, huh? This guy's still grinding. And, and no, doing, out. doing the things that he's just kind of been doing since his, you know, didn't work out as a starter in Cleveland so many years ago. You know what he lost? That dude, this dude's 36. I mean, that's old in the NFL unless you're somebody that's just been churning it out like an Aaron Rodgers and you expect to be that guy at 36. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a, you're talking about a lifelong journeyman backup, gets a start here and there because of an injury or whatever comes up or comes in in a second. And just this guy, and he goes out there and you're, you're right. Sticks to the game plan, knows that he's got weapons around him. It's probably some of the best talent he's ever had around him when he's got under center in his career. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and now you sit there and you got to, because I'll tell you what, if, if he turns into a Cooper rush, it'll be a lot easier for the Cardinals to move away from Kyler Murray oh possibly than it was for the Cowboys to move away from Dak. I, I mean, at least at this point of the season, when you're heading into the end of it, if you're four and six and you start getting better than that with Colt McCoy under center, then it's, it's an easy, sorry, we're riding, we're riding him till the end of the season. Colt McCoy, Colt McCoy followed the game plan. We will 